to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. So if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, that's a slightly different version uh, than what I want to read, but I will read this in uh, King James, but you can follow up in uh, New King James. It won't change that much. For you see your calling, brethren, how that many, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yes, and things which are not to bring to those things that are. That no flesh shall glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God made not unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. And with the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you today, made for more than you think. Made for more than you think. Why don't you close your eyes, raise your hands. We're going to pray. Lord God, we thank you for this afternoon, Lord God. We thank you, God, for the power of your spirit is in this place. We thank you, God, that your presence is more than alive and well, Lord God. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth, that everything that I say, Lord God, will be covered by your authority, Lord God. Anoint my lips, Lord God, so that the words that come out are what exactly you want to say, Lord God. Anoint the ears of those that are in this place, Lord God. Anoint the lives of the people that are in this place, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that if anybody in here is worried or anxious or experiencing any depression, Lord God, I pray that you will cover them with your blood, Lord God. And I speak to every single soul in this place, Lord, that they will feel encouraged, that they will feel power that they will feel the Spirit of God working in the inside of them in this afternoon Lord God in Jesus name in Jesus name why don't you clap your hands and take a seat after that hallelujah you may be seated hallelujah I promise myself that today I am going to behave and I'm going to stick to my notes as much as I can because I feel that this word will benefit so many people and so and i and i've never done this i took like three notes of pages and if you will if you were to look at my notes from before it's like less than a page but i feel that god really really wants to talk to you and i want to i highlighted this on my notes and i'm going to read it exactly how i wrote it remind my people that they are handpicked by god remind they that if they don't feel loved by their peers and their family, they're loved by God. And remind my people that if they don't feel important, they are important to me. So much so that I die on the cross for them. 
So I want you to keep that in the back of your mind because I feel that that's what God wants to address today. But you are made for more than you think. You know, we've been going through this devotional made for more and today's the last day. Today, made for more finishes. And we've gone through 40 days of it. We've done strategic acts of kindness. There's a little devotional and a prayer that you can do with it. And we do it every year at the beginning of the year for the first 40 days. But the most important thing that I want you to understand about this devotional is that it does not stop when the devotional finishes. <clears throat> God created you with a purpose. And he created you with something more than doing a nine to five, than going just to work and fulfilling a duty. God created you with a purpose inside of you. You might not feel like you have it right now, but you do. God created you with that purpose. But before that, I want to start with this. You know, in the mid-2000s, the UNICEF did an estimated a statistic that 200 million children worldwide experience emotional abuse at home or at school or both. 200 million children experience emotional abuse. And these 200 million are only in North America. 200 million children experience it. In Ontario only, 41% of teenagers report that they experience emotional abuse or psychological maltreatment at home. At home, 41% of children. Emotional abuse, it's one of the most horrific things that our world is experiencing at this time. We see it everywhere we go. We see people name calling, putting people into categories based on their skin color, based on their weight, based on their age, based on their education, based on their background, based on what they do or what they don't, how they look or how they don't look, what they have or what they don't have, what family they come from, everything. You know, simply a statistic, Canada has 10,000 categories where each one of you fall into their statistics. 10,000 categories that they pull out of you, out of one person. 10,000 categories. And this world has labels after labels after labels where they're trying to put every single one of you. Where they're trying to say you are part of this label or this category. You're part of this, of this group and you cannot get out of it because you belong in that group and sometimes those labels and categories are good and and they help us you know know where we're from and know what we do where we work but I'm here to tell you that there is no label that there is no category that there is nothing that anybody has ever spoken over you or anything that anybody has say and label you off that can keep you from the will of God absolutely nothing absolutely nothing I'm here to tell you that you are more than conqueror in Jesus Christ I'm here to tell you that you are royal priesthood and you do not have to confine to what somebody told you I went to the public system here I've seen how teachers some teachers treat their children that go to their classes 
I've seen it with my own eyes. I've heard it with my own ears. I've seen the emotional abuse that some parents use with their children. You see it in the, in the streets of Toronto all the time. You see it on the buses. You see the parents calling their kids stupid, calling their kids idiots, calling their kids good for nothing, calling their kids things that, that, that are so despicable. And I'm telling you, emotional abuse is so real. We see it all the time. We see grown-up adults still dealing with the ramifications of the words that were once spoken by their parent or their school teacher or someone with a position or a role over them. The Bible says that life and death, it's in the tongue. It's in your tongue. I want everybody to listen to me. Parents, I want you to listen to me. Even you, teenagers, I want you to listen to me. Because everything that you say has purpose. And when you tell somebody that they're worth for nothing, you might take it like a joke. You might take it like it's meaningless and like it doesn't have any effect. But you're speaking something over the life of somebody. You're putting something over the life of somebody. And that person, the, the, the purpose of the life my aunt right there and then because of something you said. I don't want that over my life. I don't want the calling of somebody. I don't want somebody's life to be on my shoulders. And I don't want you to carry with the same responsibility of it. I'm here to tell you, please be careful of, of everything you say. Be careful of everything you say. I understand, parents, that sometimes we get on your nerves. And I'm saying us because my mom is right here. And I still get on her nerves sometimes. I understand that. But be careful with the labels you put in your children. Be careful with what you say. Because every word that comes out of your mouth will become a reality in your children. So I understand that your children misbehave, but proclaim good things over your children. You say, my son will serve God. My daughter will serve God. I understand that your son might not be here today. I got it. I understand that maybe your son doesn't look like he is a son of God. But why don't you still say it over their life? Because if the bad thing is true, the good thing will also be true. So if you say the good thing over them, if you pray prayers over them, if you speak life over them, life will become true. God has given you that authority to prophesy, to declare things in this life, to say things that are good, not only over your children, but over everybody. When your coworker gets in your nerves, don't just say, get out of here. Don't talk to me anymore. You're no good for nothing. You don't even know how to do it. Why don't you just bless their life? Why don't you just speak life over them? Bless them. Tell them you're a great coworker, even when they're not. And you, you have potential. <clears throat> but just, just for one time, stop and think before you speak. Stop and think before you speak. You have the power in your life to speak life over people. 
But that brings me to something else. <clears throat> and it's that these labels that might be, maybe have been spoken over your life become a reality. When I was at grade six, um, well, not only in grade six, but for many years, I had a problem of just answering back to my teachers. And I, that was very rude of me. And I regret it now. I'm a changed man. But I used to do that. And uh, this particular teacher came up to me one time and said, um, why haven't your parents have signed this? And I said, I don't know. You asked them. And I regret it. I regret it. Sister Angela, I do. I promise. I regret it. And uh, I, I changed and I completely turned around. Now I'm a good man. <clears throat> but my teacher's answer wasn't the best either. She yelled at me and she said, you're good for nothing. You will never accomplish anything in life. You will never even get to university. You will be a workman. You will be working with your bare hands and you will be begging for money one day. It was out of control. Like she was just on a rage. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say anything. But those words rang in my head for many years. Those words rang in my head of maybe I will not accomplish something. And whenever I will fail in an area of my life, I will think maybe she was right or partially right. Maybe she, well, she said, it's, it's true. Maybe I am good for nothing. And I am so thankful for a godly home because it counterbalanced what my teacher said. And I had parents that believe in me. I have parents that encourage me. I have parents that help me. And I have parents that will speak the counter of what my teacher said, that they believe that I could accomplish anything. But I am aware that many people in this room have been spoken things like this before. Maybe somebody called you stupid one time. Maybe somebody called you uh, fat or skinny. Or they called you names regarding your skin color. Or maybe they call you dumb. Or maybe they said things over your life that you started to think that they were true. And because you've heard it so many times, your mind is starting to think or has already started to think that those things are true. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you said, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe because I'm Hispanic, I, I, uh, I can't do anything. Maybe because I'm, I'm black, I am, I am destined to be poor. Or because I'm, I'm, I'm white, I am destined to be a drug addict. Or because I am X or Y or whatever label they've put over your life. And you are so wrapped up in that thought that you're starting to believe that thought to be true. And I am concerned of that. Because if we are ever going to fulfill the call of God in our life, 
we first have to lay down those things aside. You will never accomplish anything in God if you don't start having confidence. Not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ. But in Jesus Christ. Genesis 1.27 says that God created us in His image. And in the image of God, He created us. I'm here to tell you that God created you according to His image. He did not make a mistake in your life. You are not a mistake. The skin color you were born into is not a mistake. The family you were born into is not a mistake. The skills that God gave you are not a mistake. The things that God has given you are not a mistake. Everything that God has put in your life has been for a purpose and for His will. And they're not there to hold you back, but they're there to set you up for success in the kingdom of God. Every little thing of who you are, it's right there. It's right there. You know, you might wonder, why did God make me so creative and He did not give you a skill to be uh, a skillful in math? Well, God gave you a skill for something. God gave gifts in His body according to His will. Everything. But we don't understand that God's image is in our life until we understand that His image bears authority and power. You see, in antiquity, the emperors and kings will set up statues, images of themselves to let people know that them, that they were the ones that were in charge of that particular region of the world. So that's why we have the Sphinx and the pyramids those were uh, a symbol and authority of the emperor of Egypt and they represented him so people will know that whenever they pass by the sphinx they will know that the authority of the emperor of Egypt was over that land so God gave you his image so that wherever you go and wherever you walked into and whatever environment you walked into people will know and understand that the king of kings is right there. You have that authority that when you walked into your high school, that when you walk into your workplace, every spirit, every demon has to bow down to the name of Jesus Christ because you are created in his image. Because you carry that authority inside your life. So today when you walk into your house and everything is a mess, you walk in confidence and in an authority that everything has to bow down to the name of Jesus because you are right there. You are right there. Okay, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. You see in Mark chapter 12, in Mark chapter 12, the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, do we have to pay taxes? And he says, well, you have a coin? And, he, and, and someone says, yeah, yeah, I got a penny right here. Oh, thank God we don't have pennies in Canada. Whew. And he pulls out and he says, what face do you see there? And he says, well, I see Caesar's. And he says, well, give to Caesar's. What is Caesar's? 
and give to God what is God's. But if we take everything into context, what Jesus was really saying is, it's that in that coin, you see the image of Caesar. But in your life, you see my image. So give your life to me. Your life, it's a representation of God's love and mercy in this world. You are. Every one of you are. All of you are. And you have so much value. And so much worth. I don't care if somebody call you stupid a 50 million times. You have so much value. And the kingdom is benefited because you are in it. I don't care if other churches push you aside and they say you're not welcome here. That's why we say no perfect people allowed because everybody's welcome here. Absolutely everyone. You feel out of place, you're welcome here. You feel confused, you're welcome here. You're not really sure if God's real, you're welcome here. Everybody's welcome here. Because you carry God's image inside of you. Every one of you. Absolutely everybody. So your worth, it's more than you think. Your worth is more than you think. You feel worthless. <clears throat> you go to bed at night and you stare up in the ceiling. And you're saying, God, I don't want to leave anymore. And that confusion, it hits you every single night. You have people around you, but you feel lonely. You might be in a room full of people, yet you feel like the only person standing there. And that is what Jesus wants to take away from you. Jesus, why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands up? <clears throat> By the authority of your word, God, I pray against any spirit of depression, against any spirit of anxiety, God. Lord, I pray that that heavy yoke will be lifted, God, and that easy yoke that comes from you will be in place, God. Lord, I lose the gifts of the Spirit in this place, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I'm going to show you here 2 Corinthians chapter, two, chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to follow it here. Because I really want you to catch this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us into himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, 
and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. <clears throat> now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You got to really understand this. God made himself, himself, that didn't know any sin, to become sin. So he became flesh. He became a human being. He endured pain. He endured everything that you are enduring in this life. Why? So that you might become righteous in God. In Him. In Him. Andrea, can you go back to the 17th, verse 17? Because I really want you to... To understand this look if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation a new creation can I tell you something if you've been baptized in Jesus name and you've been filled with his Holy Spirit there is no sin from your past that can come up in your life today no sin it doesn't matter how far you went. It doesn't matter how deep you got. God forgave you. And the Bible says that he took your sins and dumped it in the deepest part of the sea. And he doesn't put it in your face and said, remember what you did when you were 12? Remember what you did when you were 17? He forgets about it. And if he forgets about it, the people in the church should forget about it. And your family should forget about it. So even if I come up to you and tell you, remember what you did, don't listen to me. Ignore me. Because nobody can hold condemnation unto you because Jesus Christ has forgiven you and has made you a new creature. He's made you a new creation. He's made you a new person. He's made you a brand new self. He's transformed your life. He's completely changed you forever. And what about after you're baptized? What about if you sinned last night? What about if you sinned last week? Well, if you did so, it only takes a second of repentance. And God is so prompt to you to forgive you. Oh, come on. You got to be thankful for that. It doesn't get better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you are a new creature. A new person in Jesus Christ. You are brand new in Him. I am thankful for that. I am thankful for that. I am thankful because God has made me brand new in Him. And those words that have been spoken over your life have no power and authority over you. But then there's a second part to it. And it is your thoughts. Your thoughts. Your thoughts belittle you so much. <clears throat> Mine do. And I'm not ashamed to say it. You, you, you see like you see people coming to church with 
their clothes all clean and everybody's happy and everybody's smiling and they ask how you doing brother Mateo and I'm like I'm doing great praise God on the inside and I'm like I'm not I'm not doing very well I think I'm doing really bad I feel like God's far from me I feel that God doesn't listen to my prayers so I can't be the only one so I can't be the only one I feel like every everybody goes through stages like this and that's what we need church that's what we need one another <clears throat> that's what we need each other because when I'm weak sister Sarah is strong and she lifts me up so that when I'm strong and she's weak I can lift her up and we can do it all together no people falls through the crack no people left behind we do this together but that to say the Bible says in 1st John chapter 5 that when your heart condemns you not 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 if your heart condemns you when your heart condemns you so your heart your own heart is going to betray you if it's not betraying you right now your own heart is going to tell you you're not worth it you're not worth it of doing what you're doing you're such a hypocrite you shouldn't be coming to church you go you come to church today you sin tomorrow you come to church you don't change you do this you do that and everywhere you go your heart it's telling you you're not worth it you don't deserve God's presence you don't deserve to be in his throne room but I'm here to tell you that the Bible doesn't stop right there it says when your heart condemns you God is faithful and just to forgive oh I'm so thankful for a God that is faithful in season and out of season when I feel like praising him and when I don't feel like praising him when I feel like coming to church and I don't feel like coming to church when I feel on the top of the hill or I feel at the bottom of the valley God is faithful and just to forgive God is so faithful church that even when you're not faithful he remains by your side God is so faithful that even when you decided to walk out on him he's still willing to embrace you one more time God is so faithful that even when you forget to pray he still watches over you he still cares for you the Bible says to Jeremiah that before he was even conceived he had a plan with him before he ever even make a mistake before he even runs away from the will of God before he even falls he was chosen and handpicked by God so I don't really care how far in sin you've gotten it doesn't matter to God how deep into sin you've been it doesn't matter if you've done all the drugs or if you've been everywhere or if you've fallen through and things that you promise you will not fall in through to him it doesn't even concern him 
if you said to God I will give everything to you and then you don't and then you do again and then you don't and if you do again and then you don't he's not concerned about how many times you've promised him your life and you've not kept that promise he's still waiting right there because he's faithful because he's faithful because he's faithful he's still waiting right there with his arms open wide saying son just come up one more time daughter just come up one more time you can do it you can do it you can do it I still want to use you you might think that God created you for something that's not significant but there is not insignificant possession in the kingdom of God God has a plan for you God has a purpose for your life and tonight today you're going to uncover that why don't we stand up <clears throat> Andrea can you put the verses from Philemon I love the Bible very much but I'm not like some of you all that are scholars I don't read chapters after chapters after chapters after chapters after chapters I read a few verses I meditate on them and that's how I roll and that's why I write, that's why I like small books because I can finish them real quick <clears throat> and Philemon has one chapter only so it is my second favorite book of the Bible <clears throat> but Philemon it's a book of the Bible that just blows my mind it blows my mind because Philemon it's a slave owner and he's also a friend of Paul and Paul is in prison and he writes this letter to Philemon and he says, you remember uh, Onesimus? You remember him? Well, guess what? I was preaching in Colossia and I ran into him. And I know that he escaped from you. And you gotta understand the context. Onesimus should be killed because he disobeyed his life owner and he escaped and Paul says watch this out I want you to take him and I want you to forgive him look we're gonna I appeal to you for my son Onesimus who I have begotten while in my chains who once was unprofitable to you but now it is profitable to you and to me Paul another version says I want you to take him he who once was a nobody and now it's a somebody and another version says he who was once 
good for nothing, but now it's profitable for you and for me. I don't know about you, but before I met Jesus Christ, my life was worth absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. But now that I encounter Jesus, and now that I've said, God, not my life, but your life, my life has changed absolutely. Have things in my life changed? Absolutely. Did I have to quit my dream? Absolutely. But now my life has a meaning. And now I wake up every morning with the thrill that my obedience to the Word of God is going to show miracles. It's going to show wonders. Because I don't live for myself anymore. But I'm on a mission to fulfill whatever God has done in my life. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.